Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everything that goes on with this is funded out of my pocket. And so that's why I reach out to you, the listeners, and ask you go to patreon.com slash relentless daring one. Patreon.com slash relentless daring one. Go there and become a patron of the show, and you will be helping to support this fine podcast. Um, getting some new listeners who are you know, go offering me some constructive criticism, which if you ever want to reach out and give me constructive criticism, you can hit me up on Twitter at Daring Podcast. You know, hey, there's we think there's some stuff the audio. We think there's some stuff that we you should better be better uh, prepared for, have better notes on. That's cool. I'd love to hear from you all. It's Nothing, you will not get anything with me blasting you back for trying to find a way to make this better for you all. Again, if you go to patreon.com slash one and become a patron, it lends towards being able to get better equipment, better technology for mixing stuff together, but for better sound quality. For instance, something I would love, love to invest in. There's a little piece of processing software that if I back away from the microphone, if I get right up on it, it it naturalizes or it makes regular the audio. Even stuff coming off the soundboard on my iPad, you won't have sound won't have sound bites that seem to be really low. Or and I would like to apologize for my computer making random noises. Yeah, it just makes everything more even. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that your sport through Patreon goes to is helping keep this on the air because I do it for you. I don't do it for me. But anyways, be uh, looking at some stuff. Um, uh, one of the things, one story as I found that I'm kind of going to dive into a little bit is uh, apparently former chief of staff, John Kelly, as he departed the White House, he warned Donald Trump that you don't hire a yes man. It's going to not go well. That's something worth looking at. Um also going to be looking at some uh, new revelations into the General Flynn uh, investigation and conviction that has suddenly been uh, lighting up news media here today. And also, uh, the first thing I'll get into here in a minute, 
You know, something I tell my kids all the time, be careful what you post on social media because it can have an effect. On this instance, uh, there's a girl who went shooting with her brother and her pictures went up on Snapchat and she suddenly found herself a five-day suspension because she went to the range and did some shooting. Yeah, I was going to let that sit and marinate just a little bit. All right. Now, marinating, let's get into it. All right. So, like I said, there's a first story I'm going into is the girl who... Um, went shooting and found herself kicked out of school because, oh my goodness, heaven help us, she took a picture and she had a gun. And this is getting more and more into, you know, red flag laws and stuff like that. I got some more than we get into as far as that goes. But uh, this is a Story from Pluralist.com. High school suspends teen girl for posting innocent photo where she's holding a gun. So, Colorado High School suspended a teen student in mid-October because she posted a photo to social media showing her holding a gun. Endeavor Academy, located in Centennial, told Fox 31 their decision to dispose to suspend 17-year-old Alexandria Keys for five days stemmed from concerns over safety. Two weeks ago, Keys posted a photo to Snapchat in which she and her brother, a U.S. Army veteran, are holding guns and flipping off the camera. A lovely pastime. Look, I have, look at my gat, and you are number one. And in the background, visible for the entire world to see, was none other than a Confederate flag. Yes, a Confederate flag in the background. However, from what I can gather, the flag had nothing to do with the actual suspension. But reading on. Keyes said the explicit gesture was meant as a message to the enemy her brother fought during his time in the army. A lively story. Going to the school, social media posts made by Keyes, quote, concerned the school community and resulted in multiple parents keeping their kids home from school out of concerns for safety, end quote. Keyes and her mother, Kelly McCollum, told Reason they believe other posts of the school reference, references are from much earlier in the year. Eight months ago, Keyes posted a video and picture to Snapchat showing her shooting at a local gun club. Keyes says she never intended to threaten anyone with, with the post and that after visiting the range is and, and that visiting the range is something she does often with her mom and brother. And this, this is uh, coming from Keys. 
I want them to know the meaning behind the post was completely innocent. I thought it was fun. I was going out with my brother to have a good time. Her mother is outraged. And who wouldn't be? If it was my daughter and she and I went out to a range and went shooting and her school were to suspend her because she posted pictures and video to her social media. I mean, why should what she does in her off time when she's not making blatant threats, why should she be punished for engaging in a perfectly legal and safe supervised activity, whether it be she's stock car racing, she's shooting, she's engaged in archery. I know, I know, I know. But Tyler, there's so many mass shootings and school shootings. Oh my gosh. Well, I understand it's a valid concern that maybe some students engaging in such activities might not be on their, um, be in their best mental state. And perhaps they are engaging in practice to make them better at what they intend to do. It's possible, but a lot of times they don't telegraph what they're going to do ahead of time because they want the shock and awe of barging in with some sort of, you know, weapon, whether it's an AR, whether it's a pistol, and doing as much damage as possible with as little resistance as possible. And, you know, I said, if it happened to my kid, oh my God, I would probably be getting escorted off those school grounds by police because I would be raising holy hell. And I would not stand for, you know, my kid being punished for engaging in legal activity just because there's people who might find it sad or might find it, might find it scary. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to think that, you know, there are people being punished for things that are 100% legal. And right now, the, the school is further in the article, which I'm going to uh, make sure that you know, I include the link in the show notes, and I will tweet the article as soon as I'm able to. The school's not even saying what the actual issue is. When the mom reached out to them, the school's just like, mm, no, we don't have to tell you. And obviously they're not responding to the press because, well, it's a student and we, we, we can't talk about students. Oh my goodness, no. But again, this kind of 
parlays into the um, issue with red flag laws. And if you're not sure what a red flag law is, if you're one of my listeners who likes to tune in from India, or you're not from, or you're one of my overseas listeners, and we'll break this down. A red flag law is a law in which gives someone close to a potential, I'm air quoting the crap out of this, shooter who thinks, huh, Bob seems a little off. Um, he's been exhibiting signs of depression. He's bought a bunch of guns and ammunition. And he's been talking about such and such institution and someone's going to have to do something about it. And they think, oh, maybe Bob is, uh, maybe, maybe Bob has the potential of engaging in an extreme act of violence. So they go to the cops who then go to the judge who gets a restraining order put in place and they go in, they take Bob's guns. I mean, that's all well and good, but here's the problem with it. it, it it's a problem with the due process of law because someone has said there's a concern. The police and judge acted and now a person has to go before a judge instead of them proving that he is a threat. You know, the burden of proof is on him to show that he is not a threat. That no, I'm perfectly well balanced. I got into gun collecting. And yeah, that group ticks me off, but you know, I have no intention of doing anything to them. You know, whether it be school, place of business your job, whatever. But yeah, so now that's basically what red flag law does, which it's just an additional law on top of existing laws. Shh, 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 don't tell anyone. No, because they already have laws in place where if you think someone's uh, mental well-being is you think someone's mental well-being is at risk and they could be a source of violence you can already take those people and seek a judicial a judicial act against them to have them i don't know committed and if they are were to be ruled incompetent, then the according to federal law, they because they've been adjudicated unable to uh, take care of themselves, they're, that they're adjudicated mentally deficient, then they cannot own a firearm. They cannot possess a firearm. And and 
here's where you get issues with the uh, due process end of it. A school crossing guard uh, on the island of Martha's Vineyard, uh, he became very upset that the safe schools officer every day, once kids got in session, he just up and leave. And come back after he got some got his coffee or went to lunch or whatever. And the crossing guard. He's a Korean War veteran. He is a retired police officer with I think I think the, the story I read was 60 years in law enforcement. And he's a crossing guard because he likes to keep the kids safe going to and from school. And he he was sitting in a restaurant talking with somebody and he was voicing his frustration that oh my goodness this safe schools officer the school resource officer where we want to call him the cop at the school leaves every day. And you know back in my day sonny you just didn't leave your guard post. And as a result, you know, he felt that with him leaving, it left an ample opportunity for a shooter to come into the school. Well, a waitress at the diner where he was expressing this concern overheard him and promptly called law enforcement because he's threatening to shoot up the school when he wasn't. You know, he lost his job as a crossing guard. They went and they took all of his guns. And then it was later determined, oh, no, he wasn't making a threat. He is well within his mental faculties, and he was making an observation. Well, at that point, it was too late. His guns had already been taken, and the community on on the island of Martha's Vineyard, where he so happily was performing his job, they still have not given back his guns. Oh, but the system, no, the system is not working. You know, we have the, you know, what was it, the Lautenberg Amendment of 1968. A gun control measure that is unconstitutional not because it affects the second amendment stop me you freaking it's unconstitutional because it not because it affects the second amendment it's unconstitutional because it's an ex post facto law again let me explain uh the an ex post facto law which is you know, expressly prohibited by the Constitution is one that goes, okay, this law is going to affect everyone who was doing this before we passed the law. The, the way it was supposed to be put into place is that, you know, you can't do that. But when they passed the Lottenberg Amendment, Everyone who was convicted of domestic violence, even before 
the passage of this law, they too will lose their ability to have a firearm. Now, that being said, I'm not saying I think that wife beaters, husband beaters, girlfriend beaters, anyone who's engaged, who's been convicted of domestic violence or under a protection order, I do not think they should have guns because it's, it is, there's a very high correlation and statistics showing that a spouse abuser will at some point get a gun and use it on their spouse. Same thing with any sort of domestic violence situation. This is, it's proven. Statistically, that's what will eventually come to. I'm just saying that, you know, you had, you know, law enforcement and other people, you know, when domestic violence is like, yeah, we, we know you got into a row with the wife, you know, maybe it shook her and you shouldn't have, but you know, we still want to keep you on duty because, you know, these things happen. Just plead guilty, you'll pay a fine, and you just go back to work. There are lots of cops who lost their jobs because, well, you can't be a cop and carry a firearm when you can't legally carry a firearm. You know, and that has, you know, there are people in the military who, yeah, they caught that plea and went on about their lives. And, well, suddenly now they can't have a firearm to defend themselves or the country in a time of war. And this is something that may have happened 10, you know, 5, 10, 20 years earlier. But now suddenly they're being held to an unconstitutional law. But that's neither here nor there. And I digress. I wanna I gotta take a quick break and then I will be right back with you. All right, so getting back into it. Uh, again, one of the other things I said I was going to get into was, uh, oh my goodness, I need to hire a new producer, one who actually turns my mic on when I come off of a break. Oh my God, good heart, good help is so hard to find, especially when you're doing this on your own. And, you know, during the commercial break, you have to go and, you know, let a dog in because they're yelping in the background, which I like to apologize. I'm sorry. But okay, so one of the things I was, I teased in the opener, um, 
John Kelly had warned Donald Trump that, well, you might want to be careful who you put in the put into uh, the chief of staff and who you put around you. As uh, a Fox News article headline, John Kelly warned of impeachment for Trump if he hired yes man. Quote, I feel bad that I left. End quote. I said, that's just all in the headline. So uh, former White House Chief of Staff John Kelly said Saturday he warned President Trump about a possible impeachment were he to hire a yes man, allegedly pointing fingers at Trump's current acting chief of staff, Nick Mulvaney, and other advisors. Quote, I said, whatever you do, and we were still in the process of trying to find someone to take my place. I said, whatever you do, don't hire a yes man, someone who won't tell you the truth. Don't do that. Uh, Kelly said at the Washington Examiner's Sea Island Summit, because continuing uh, cut because if you do, I believe you will be impeached. President Trump announced last December that Kelly, a retired four-star Marine general, would leave his post at the end of 2018 following a 17-month tenure in the administration. Taking brief departure. If you don't remember, people were freaking out, and the, especially the left. Oh, he can't even keep his chief of staff. Presidents go through chiefs of staff. It's one of those things. I do believe that there was some there was some tension between the two of them. I think it's because John Kelly told Donald Trump the truth on a lot of things and just didn't always tell Donald Trump what he wanted to hear. And I think that did cause some friction there and there's a possibility to of maybe John Kelly being asked to leave or maybe John Kelly just saying you know I I wish you the best I'm going to give you some advice I'm I'm, I'm going I said that's just my speculations take it for what it's worth so frankly it's not a lot but I I digress. Kelly previously served as secretary of the Department, Department of Homeland Security. It's widely rumored he was considering leaving his position as chief of staff. Quote, it pains me to see what's going on because I believe if I was still there, someone like me was still there, he would not be, he would not be kind of all over the place, the retired general said Saturday. Later saying that the system of advising the president so he can make informed decisions, quote, clearly is not in place, end quote. Trump fired back at Kelly's statement Saturday, claiming his former chief of staff, quote, never said that, never said anything like that, end quote, it, because he would not be so dumb to say something so tremendously stupid, sad, sad. I, I'm adding those last, the tremendous and sadness in. It's because, you know, I like being facetious. Quote, if he had said that, I would have thrown him out of office, end quote. Trump said in a statement Saturday, quote, he just wants to come back into the action like everybody else does, end quote. White House Press Secretary Stephanie Grisham said Kelly, quote, was 
totally unequipped to handle the genius of our great president. And quote, and I wish I had some sort of grand Chinese national anthem, Soviet national anthem, because that's kind of what you expect to play in the background. You know, as soon as that ends. But because now I understand Press Secretary Grisham spent a long time as the as the go-to person for Melania Trump as her uh, her spokesperson, press secretary. But to say that uh, he was totally unequipped to handle the genius of our great president about a four-star general. I mean, how stupid does she think that the military... Oh, let me stop before I go down a weird tangent or say something that's completely... Completely asinine stupid. How stupid does she think the American people have to be to think that a four-star general, a person with great combat experience of tactical knowledge, someone who makes decisions, who made decisions that affected thousands of Marines on a daily basis and had to had to design policy as a platoon leader, as a company commander, as a battalion commander, brigade commander, or whatever situation, to earn four stars. Does she think that he just, you know, went to whoever the acting president was and, you know, showed him a pretty picture where he colored inside the lines and he didn't eat the crowns and he got a gold star and he did that four times? That's... It, it makes absolutely no sense to me to try to impugn the intelligence and intellect of a retired general. He didn't get that rank by being a dummy. But I guess when you work for the great orange Jesus... You follow his lead and you attack, attack, attack. Not necessarily the ideas, but the people who say something you might not like. Kelly, 69, said on Saturday, quote, Someone has got to be a guy that tells the president that you either have the authority or you don't. Or, Mr. President, don't do it. Don't hire someone that will just nod and say, uh, that's a great idea, Mr. President, because you will be impeached. House Democrats in September launched an impeachment probe into President Trump after an intelligence community whistleblower filed a complaint 
Bank used Trump of, quote, using power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 U.S. election, in quote. Yes, a phone call in which eh, that may have happened in July, but the Ukrainians started investigating it in February. Last time I checked, February comes before July. So Donald Trump pressured them to engage in an investigation they were already doing? I concur. It goes on to you know talk about the for a couple paragraphs talking about the horrible, horrible, horrible situation where Donald Trump had the audacity to say this perfect, beautiful phone call was just so perfect. And hey, you're looking into this. You might look into Joe Biden as well. We think if he was dirty, we want to know. Which that's a that's a whole can of worms. I'm not gonna open up right now because frankly I don't have enough information in front of me to go into it. However, based on my understandings of the phone call and the timeline, please. It's no quid pro quo, it's no Oh, we're holding out this, that, and the other to force you to do what we want. It's none of that. But uh, uh, the last paragraph reads, Kelly said Saturday he warned Trump, quote, almost 11 months ago, end quote, and that he had second thoughts about leaving, which... I probably would too if you if you're in a good position and you're you're an advisor and you may or may not like or agree with the policy positions that your boss holds you know you're an advisor to a corporation you're an advisor to a governor to the president Whatever you serve in an advisory function. Your whole your whole purpose at that job is to give good sound advice. You know, if you are an advisor at a music label, you're not going to tell them to switch to a to a music format that you know is defunct or not sustainable no one's going to uh, buy music on micro cassettes because we don't even use micro cassettes anymore I'm just saying but again and so in you've spent 
a long time. It was 17 months is what the article said. Yeah, that's almost a year and a half of advising somebody. And when you leave, the last thing you want to do is leave your advisee in the hands of a bad advisor. Um, when, when I was in the Army, one thing is whenever you got ready to leave from a deployment to redeploy back stateside, you had what they did what they call a RIP process. RIP is an acronym because everything in the military is all about the acronym. Relief in place. As part of your responsibility during during the RIP is you know you're training up your replacements on what are things like in this area of operations what are what are the policies that that we are you know engaged in here uh, what's our guidance these are all important things and i'm sure that retired four-star general John Kelly viewed his leaving the White House as chief of staff as being like a rip process. Okay, I'm going out. There's a new guy coming in. I want to make sure he is completely up to speed and I will forward any doubts I have on the situation. And you know, the only person he can tell, I don't think he knows what he's doing, is the president. And if Donald Trump is the one saying, yeah, I'm going to hire him anyways, you know, all you can do in the case of John Kelly is go to a sink, wash your hands and say, I've given you the best advice that I have, which is what you asked of me. And my last piece of advice, you didn't want to listen. Here is a potential consequence. Deuces. And I believe that's what John Kelly did. His advice right up to the very end, while a lot of it was taken, uh, taken and acted on in a judicious manner. I think a lot of it was just there's a good portion of this completely just thrown out. I mean, John Kelly coming into the White House is the reason why a lot of the White House leaks stopped. I think John Kelly kept a lot of people who did not have the country's best interest at heart, the president's interest at heart, the president's policies or the way the president wanted to implement those policies at heart. So you had a huge issue with people leaking, which if you're trying to run an administration and keep all the members of the staff in line, that is a huge thing to keep them from just randomly leaking things that then makes it that much more difficult 
you know, to achieve the policies and push for policy prescriptions that you campaign on that make a platform. And like I said, uh, one of the one of the big problems early on was oh Steve Bannon. He was god awful trash human being. I used to enjoy listening to uh, Breitbart in the mornings when I was driving into work when I was in the army before the election. And when Steve Bannon took over the morning program on Breitbart, it was just a constant litany of kiss Donald Trump's ass. And I couldn't stand it. You know, Ted Cruz would make a good point about something. And, oh, Bannon just come right out and attack Cruz. And, well, you're not really an American citizen because your dad was a Cuban national and you were born outside the United States. Oh, it was birtherism all over again. But... Yeah, when Kelly came in and Bannon left and uh, Rance Priebus left, it was amazing how many leaks for that almost year and a half. They just stopped. And then suddenly Mick Mulvaney is in. Everyone's leaking again. I think one of the big leakers and possibly even someone who's behind all the Ukrainian scandal stuff. This is all me thinking out loud. I do not have any evidence to back this up. It's just observations I've made. And again, as I said earlier, please take this with a grain of salt. I think one of the big, big people behind what's going on right now in the White House in the White House, all the Ukraine stuff, is John Bolton. Because John Bolton got snubbed, and John Bolton does not like that. More specifically, his evil, evil interventionist mustache is not a huge fan. And so I think that could be where a lot of it comes from. I don't know for sure. I don't have any evidence to point towards. I'm just speculating all right so uh last segment here before i go as i said earlier there's been a lot of movement going on in the michael flynn case i know that twitter's lighting up well if he didn't do anything wrong why did he plead guilty I don't know if I couldn't afford to defend myself against a against an out of control federal government or state government or local government. I would probably offer myself up as a willing sacrifice to you know avoid bringing the wrath of big estate down on my family, which 
it is my understanding that's the reason why Michael Flynn pled guilty was he was strapped for cash and there's rumors that maybe the FBI was going to start looking into his kid and so you know he yeah you know, he's already mortgaged his house his savings have been drained and now they're looking at coming after his kid yeah i i, I would have copped a plea deal too but um i guess uh, there's evidence has come out that uh during interviews uh michael flynn said i may have spoken with the uh with kasilyov he was the uh i think i was saying that right i had to find it again yeah you know, he was you know may have spoken with the uh ambassador for russia because you know it was uh michael flynn's counterpart And you know, Kasiliak, I'm sorry, Kasiliov. <laughs> Boy, do I feel stupid. But, um, uh, Ambassador Kasiliov was basically in, in equal to Michael Flynn, and so every government, every administration does as you're coming in. You know, your national security advisor is going to reach out to the, your foreign equals. Hey, I'm Bob. Please, please make your acquaintance. Hey, I just want to get a working relationship going before I step into this office on January 20th. I said every administration does it. Well, in an interview, he said I may have talked to him. But apparently there is now evidence that no, uh, Peter Strzok may have changed what was written on the 302, that's the written transcript of the interview, may have changed that, I may have talked to him, I don't know, to a very, very well-defined no, I never spoke with him. It, it, this is an article from uh, Sarah Carter, which if you've never read any of Sarah Carter's work, she's absolutely outstanding. Very, very well researched. Um, and again, it's like every article, I'm going to you know, try to remember to tweet it out. I will definitely include the link in the show notes for when this gets uh, put out as a podcast. So, but yeah, uh, do, do, do. Reading, reading from a Sarah Carter's article here, the tide is turning for former National Security Advisor, Army Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, and if his attorney has her way, the entire case will be thrown out. It should be. Retired three-star general has had his life turned upside down for more than three years as former senior Obama administration officials targeted him attempted to destroy his reputation and dragged him through a special counsel investigation that culminated in his decision to plead guilty to one count of lying to the FBI. 
His attorney, Sidney Powell, is doing what should have been done since he first sought an attorney for his defense, fight for her client. His indictment is one of the most egregious and most apparent setups that occurred during the FBI's now debunked and extremely flawed probe into President Trump's campaign in Russia. Now, Powell's explosive 37-page brief reveals significant details and evidence suggesting the investigation of Flynn was a setup, and she... And she's correct in arguing that the court that his case must be dismissed. I had read this earlier, but, but, overnight the most important substantive changes were made to the Flynn 302. Again, the 302 is the written transcript of the investig of the interviews. And if they change the 302 to make a question that he gave into a answer that was a lie, therefore, you know, you know lying to the FBI or perjuring himself. I'm just saying perjuring, just not because it's legally what he was doing, just because it's the best word I can I can come come up with off the top of my head. <clears throat> but um but you know they can make it look like he did in fact lie, which even the uh if you listen to interviews with George Papadopoulos or read his book. It sounds pretty much like he had the same thing done to him where he answered to the best of his knowledge and they had emails or transcripts of a phone call or something that, oh, you lied to us. And they presented with the lies like, well, it wasn't an intentional lie of deception as I forgot. And he was forced to take a plea deal. It's okay, that's all well and good. That's part of life. But, you know, being forced to cop to lying to the FBI because, well, I remember it this way, but uh, apparently the video says I did it like this, the transcript says I did it like that. Oh, man, I was mistaken. The FBI, they don't give you room to have, you know, to make mistakes. It's either, you know, if you don't, if they have information, you don't answer 100% in line with that information. Or you answer something completely different because it was a long time ago. I don't fully remember. You know, it's a. And it's a perjury trap, kind of like when they, uh, when special investigators got it approved to depose Bill Clinton during the uh, old Monica Lewinsky scandal, and they were able to get Bill Clinton to perjure himself, which maybe he was being deceptive. I don't know. I'm just, 
I'm not trying to excuse anyone on any side of the aisle for any behavior, just pointing out a possibility. But basically, that's what happened to Michael Flynn. He gave an interview where oh, it's it's fairly unimpeachable. Uh, originally, the originally the interviewers recorded the interview as saying, you know, saying, yeah, we we're pretty sure he was honest with us. Then they go back and they change something. To where, oh, you're lying to the FBI, good sir. What do you have to say about that? And it's ridiculous. It ends up leading into a railroad situation where you have a prominent figure who's subject to FBI investigation who, oh my gosh, he lied to the FBI because he's just so bad. But, oh. If this were to get, oh, and um, something I didn't read out of the article, but uh, apparently the FBI withheld exculpatory Brady evidence, which, huh, that's prosecutorial malpractice. Weird. But because, you know, legally, a the prosecution is required to give all the evidence to the defense attorney. That way the defense can mount a vigorous defense to best suit their, or to best serve their client. So if, so if the FBI in fact did hold on to uh, very critical Brady evidence, and there's proof that their whole case is built on a lie. Not that, not one that Michael Flynn told, but one that the FBI, in fact, told in their prosecution of him. His whole case goes out the window. Now, I'm not going to say Michael Flynn is the perfect person. Um, he had a number of shady uh, income tax investigations done where, well, he may have been hiding money he was getting from overseas, but that case was never able to be proven that he did anything wrong. So this has kind of been one of those things that's been floating there with the air of dirt around it. And there are some there are some other things I really I'm not too not read up on enough to say if he was potentially shadier than I even I even thought. But that is neither here nor there. Again, I want to thank you all for tuning into the podcast or if you're listening live. Thank you so much. Remember to support this podcast. 
there's a few things you can do. You can go to www.patreon.com slash one become a patron, and donate to the podcast. And again, it's not money that's going into my pocket. I wish it was. It's money that's going into the podcast. Again, it's new equipment. It's better sound processing. All of that stuff that makes this a better listening experience for you. You can also show some uh, love for the podcast by going to shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless hyphen daring. Go there, that's the merch shop. T-shirts, ball caps, coffee mugs, travel bugs. Go there, check out a couple designs, uh, which I've heard from some of the people who have bought there. Absolutely great quality. You know, one listener has got one of the hoodies that has the uh, Relentless Daring flag on it, which is completely kick-ass. It's a great-looking hoodie. I've seen T-shirts that have come out. They look outstanding. Again, that's shop.spreadshirt.com slash relentless hyphen daring. Also, if you are, in fact, listening to this on the podcast, if you are listening to it on Apple or on Google, be sure to sub- be sure to subscribe because then every week when you get the pod, when I publish this as a podcast, you will get the notification. Then rate it. You the more you the more and higher you rate the podcast the more it will start showing up in other. When people look at, say, Red Pilled USA or some other political podcast, pop up, hey, you like them? You might like this one. Then after you rate it, leave a good review. Let people know what you think. That way, again, when it shows up, hey, you like this podcast, we think you'll like this one. They'll read the reviews. So, you know, just kind of, and then the more people who then listen to it, it just, you know, the the more you, the higher you rate it, the more you uh, share it, just the more it gets out there and it helps the algorithms bring more people to the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening, and as always, stay relentless. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.